Welcome to season four, episode one of the Empowered Agency podcast. I'm your host, Kate All, where I share with you wisdom, practical advice, and leadership for those wanting to grow and scale their digital marketing agency. My goal is to help you multiply yourself and grow your agency so that you can reach your goals, both personal and professional. In season four of the podcast, we're diving into teams, hiring, feedback, and firing, how to start, grow, and develop a really healthy team. It's one of my sweet spots and what I love about owning an agency. You have the ability to provide meaningful feedback to people who have gifts, talents, and strengths that are complementary to yours, and in fact, sometimes even better. In this first episode, we are going to be talking about how to make your very first hire. Hiring your first team member can be super scary. You have a ton of fears, questions, worries, and even more when it comes to handing over some of the responsibility for your company to somebody else. You might even have some control issues and worry tremendously about if they screw up. Before you make your first hire, get these things that I'm going to talk about today squared away and you'll be set up for success. So I just want to say this before we dive into the episode. I will be looking in 2023 to continue recording this podcast, and I'm going to take each season as a category, something that you're going to want to learn more about. What I would love for you to do is email me, hello at kateallahl.com. I have gotten tons of feedback so far about what people want to hear, and in fact, that has led to this season because a lot of people talked about hiring. In fact, in 2023 too, I'm going to be doing workshops, paid workshops. I did have my Pinterest Agency Pro coaching program, and it's fantastic. I love it. But I realized not only did people lack time, but they really had a hard time getting through the 12 weeks without feeling overwhelmed. I don't want anyone to feel overwhelmed. So we're going to take pieces and parts of Pinterest Agency Pro, and we're going to break it up into pieces. And we're going to take it piece by piece, workshop by workshop. And that's my plan for 2023. So stay tuned for more information and sign up for my email list at kateall.com slash subscribe so you can hear more about that. I'm not on Instagram a lot. I'm really here in this podcast and in my email. So if you want to get a hold of me, feel free to do that. Alrighty, back to the episode, making your first hire. So there's two ways that you can go about this. One, your first hire can be intentional. You really stop, think it through, or maybe it's something that has to happen because you are going to literally crumble. Your hair is on fire and you got to hire somebody. So when I first hired my very first person, she's actually been with me eight years. Sad to say she is taking another job this month to work in a totally different industry, which is crazy. But eight years ago, um, I hired her because I was actually in the hospital with my daughter. I just started Simple Pin Media in July of 2014. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, January 2014. And then in July 2014, my daughter was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. We were in the hospital and I was sitting in the bed adjacent to her trying to work, also emailing clients because I wanted to be transparent. I don't want to keep a emergency like the one I was living through a secret, but I also wanted to be honest with the fact that they had paid me and I really needed to deliver on the work that I had promised I would do. So I was sitting there thinking, hey, I need a number two. What if I have another emergency in my life and I just need someone to know what I do? 
And that began the journey of hiring my first person. So I messaged my friend and I said, you know a lot about the fashion industry. And at the time, I had a fashion client I really needed help with. And I said, would you be willing to learn what it is that I do so you can help take some of the load on so that I could focus on other things? She's like, sure, why not? I've got kids at home. I'm pretty sure this is easy for me to figure out. Plus, you'll teach me and then we'll go from there. So we met in a grocery store deli that has tables. It's kind of fancy. Think of a fancy Whole Foods. And we sat there with our computers and I said, this is what I do. Are you still interested? She said, absolutely. I can work at home. And so we began this journey of teaching her how to do parts of my job, not the whole, but really the part. And then from there, maybe six weeks, eight weeks in, I thought, this is actually really fun to have somebody on your team. Not only could you talk with somebody else, but you didn't feel like you were alone and on an island. And so I hired somebody else who was a local friend to do a piece and a part of it. And then I hired somebody else. And I always uh, knew that I wanted to have a bigger company, but I kind of didn't. November of 2014 was really when I made the decision to fully lean into my agency and create a business. But that's my story of how I hired my first person. It was out of desperation. It was really just because I needed a backup and it ended out working out really, really well. Kind of messy. Here's a few things I knew from the beginning. One, I knew what position I needed to outsource. Now, this is really, really important because if you want to scale your agency, you're not going to get far by hiring someone to manage your inbox. You need people to do the actual work that you do. That is what helps multiply your agency and give you the ability to scale. It gets you out of the day-to-day and allows you to dream and hold more space for growth. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to get out completely. In fact, I didn't until probably four years after hiring my team. And I had a hard time letting go. But a lot of people will come to me and they're like, maybe I need an admin to manage my inbox. Nope. You need somebody to help you do the actual work. Now, if you're a boutique agency, there's an element of you want to be in the work a little bit more. And if you don't know what the difference between boutique agency and plug and play, go back to season three where I cover it there. But you want to have somebody who can help you shoulder the load. So be really clear about what position you want to outsource and that it has a direct correlation to the work that you're doing. That is number one. Number two, I knew my numbers. So I knew what I could pay people and I didn't ask anyone else what the market rate was. Now, this is a little bit like I was flying blind, of course, but I let my numbers guide me. I didn't let other people guide me. So I could have asked somebody else who was maybe three, four years down the road and they would have said to me, oh, you need to pay that person $30 an hour. And then I go back to the table and I'm a brand new service provider and I'm definitely not even making $30 an hour myself. So how would I be able to pay somebody else that? So I looked at my numbers and I said, this is what clients are paying me. This is what I take off right away for taxes. This is what I have left to um, afford after expenses as well, because there were some expenses in there. And then I chose what I was going to take from that. And then I paid them. And that's really what I had space for. I did hire contractors at first, and we're going to talk about contractors versus employees and my experience with that. But for me, I knew what I could pay her based on what I was paying, what I was being paid. So I knew my numbers. Number three, 
I understood that this was someone's first time getting to know my work and my company. I absolutely had to make space for questions. So there's some people who hire people and they really just want to give them the full scope of the work. They want to train them and then they want to really truly walk away. My husband is my husband is an amazing man, but he gets really annoyed by questions. And we joke that my son and myself well, we're fact finders. We like to call him the tiny fact finder. When he starts asking questions, my husband wants to literally blow his top. And he's like, stop asking questions. And I'm like, listen, he's a fact finder like me. So I get it. Sam is his name. I'll say, Sam, ask me the questions. And he usually does. So you have to be somebody that is okay with questions. Because remember, You know your company like the back of your hand. You built it. You created it. You created the whole internal structure. But somebody else coming into your agency, they know nothing. So they're going to ask questions. The number one in my rule is don't apologize. My number one rule in our company is don't apologize for asking questions. You're not allowed to say sorry for questions because sometimes they lead to really, really important things. And if you don't ask them, Well, maybe somebody else has the same question too, and we'll never know. So just ask it. If we don't know the answer, we'll tell you we don't know the answer. Last, this is really, really important. Be the leader you would want. Nobody likes a control freak, a micromanager, or a diminisher. And sometimes you can be an accidental diminisher. That is my problem. And I have to be called out on it, not on the regular, but oftentimes I'll call myself out on it because I don't realize I'm doing it. Be somebody that brings your people into the fold, but also allows you to lead and give feedback in a healthy way. So if you want a leader that is kind, that is humble, that is strong, that is brave, you have to be those things. And yes, you are the one carrying the load of most things. You are carrying the load of the success or failure of this business. You're the one losing sleep at night. You're the one carrying all the risk. I get that. But you have to find a place where you can unload, where you can decompress, because you do not want to do that on your people. They don't deserve that. So that's going to be where it's easy to get into that role of like, you're so frustrated that you accidentally diminish or you kind of say like, I don't care about your question. I've never said that. But you give that impression. The other thing is micromanager that you look at the things that people are doing. And instead of really allowing them to have their creativity flourish, you go in and you change everything. Now, if there's things that you want to change, you have the right to do that. But there's a way that you do it. Let's say somebody wrote an email and it's really bad. (laughs) I love fixing emails. It's one of the things I excel at. And what's great is now my team knows they can write something, send it to me, and I can completely wordsmith it and it brings them relief. They're not frustrated by it because they know my skill set and I know theirs and it might not be writing. But I'm very clear to say, do you mind if I edit this email for a few things? And they say, absolutely. I would love to have you do that. This is not my best work at all. And then we're becoming a team and a partnership on this particular email. No one likes a control freak. That's what I started with. I understand that there's things that you really, really care about, but you have to decide if they're macro issues or micro issues. Micro issues are things like 
you really want a period at the end of a sentence. I understand that for some people, grammar is going to be top of your list. You need to set the expectation at the get-go for your company that that's really important to you. And maybe even make light of it. Say, yeah, I get that I'm kind of crazy in this area. I really like grammar. I'm the grammar nerd who corrects everything. Great. Own it. Love it. So then we all know we're on the same page. But if you don't tell somebody that, and then all of a sudden you're correcting them left and right, they're never going to want to write anything around you again. I will say I worked for somebody who was a grammar control freak. She was real specific about it. But you know what she did? She created a grammar guide. And I'm forever grateful to her for that because I was not a great writer. And there were some things that I was not catching. And you know what? I'm a great writer now because of that. But she acknowledged what she cared about. So therefore, I cared about it too. But she also gave me a guide to understand how to engage with her. There are a lot of things that you learn in hiring people. And when you hire somebody in your company, it takes it from maybe your first passion, which was working with clients, doing a particular type of service, and then adding another layer of being a team builder. One of my favorite books that I highly recommend is The Ideal Team Player by Patrick Lencioni. Anything he does about teams is excellent. He has a great tool in there that we use in our company called The Hungry, Humble, Smart Assessment. His books are very easy to read. They are fictional. And then they have a backup section where you can do some um, assessments of your company. They're excellent. I would say those are the things that we've used. There's also five dysfunctions of a team that he wrote as well. Anything that he writes has been an incredible guidance for me as a leader. I love that he really points out how to be an effective leader, but also how to have an effective team. So if you need to pick anything up, that is what I recommend for you today. Number one recommendation when it comes to hiring and training and really developing your team. One of the greatest gifts and one of the greatest assets to your company is people. And sometimes peopling is hard. Sometimes peopling is very messy, but that is how you scale and that is how you grow. And without people, you cannot grow. There's a saying, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to butcher it, but you can only go as far What is it? Um, You can only only go as fast as your team or something like that. I'll have to find it. I'll put it in the show notes. But I love that with a team, you can go farther and you can even go faster. And I love that you get the ability to hire people, to bring them into your ecosystem, to develop them, give them meaningful employment, and then allow them to work with your clients. All right. I'm so excited about season four, obviously, because I love, love, love the idea of teams. It's so important to me. So if you have someone else that you know who's an agency owner or a service provider who needs to hear this season specifically about teams, would you share it with them? Would you just hit the share button in your podcast player? Send it text however you want to. I would love to be able to serve them and really invest in them so that they can be amazing bosses, even if they don't feel like they are equipped. I believe everybody can be an amazing team leader, an amazing boss, an amazing CEO of their agency. Thanks so much for listening to season four, episode one, where we're going to talk all about teams. 
I look forward to continuing on this journey with you. And just a note too, as well, because we're running up against the end of the year, this will be a shorter season with only eight episodes. Traditionally, they have 10, but we're going to go now, October 30th through December 18th. We'll take a break and start back up in 2023. Alrighty. Thanks so much for listening.